We all get it. Postpartum and the years after having a baby is no walk in the park. But you know what? It isn't just about depression or anxiety either. Hey, my friend, I'm Miranda Bauer, homesteading mama with four wild kids, whose life passion and education is all about supporting mothers and providers and understanding the science, the art, and the sacredness of healing after birth. What we know as common sense in the postpartum years has many women feeling just plain awful. It's time to bring back the truth, get you the tools you need to heal, and thrive in motherhood and beyond. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Postpartum Circle Podcast. I'm Miranda Bauer, your postpartum nutrition specialist, and I have a hot topic that I want to talk with you today about, and that is vegan and vegetarianism in postpartum. Now, this is a hot topic that we see on the rise here, and I'm not going to try and push any diet. I'm not going to dive into the different forms of vegan and vegetarianism either. I'm simply giving you the most up-to-date scientific data on the topic and my recommendations as a postpartum nutrition specialist while recognizing that everybody is so very different. Now, this is an incredibly important topic because the health and well-being of both mother and baby and the family as a whole is very much intricately related to nutrition. Nutrition is a foundational piece to health. And when a mother doesn't get what she needs nutritionally, her children and her family and her communities are also deeply impacted by this. So when I did this training for those who are in my postpartum nutrition certification program, we went into detail with the physiological gut changes that take place, the unique nutrient struggles and challenges, and also the details on how to support their veganism and vegetarianism and, and their clients with food in a way that's completely healing and understanding of their personal needs. But a 90-minute training is not something I can do here, so I'm just going to sum up some very key points for you. I won't get into all of the reasons people choose uh, vegan and vegetarianism. There are so many. Sometimes it's not even something that feels like a choice because you're dealing with allergies and, and so many other issues. And the reason doesn't really matter. You should be respected for your choice and simply given all of the tools to support yourself. Unfortunately, though, especially in postpartum, the tools and imbalances are hard to make up, which is why we're here having this conversation. Many people who are not vegan or vegetarian consume far too much animal, really poor quality animal and foods in general, and foods that are highly manufactured, empty calories, and so on. So going on a vegan or vegetarian diet often feels refreshing because they become very conscientious of their food and of their body. Short-term, it feels good long-term without remaining proactive and conscientious about food and supplementation, consistently making tweaks and changes, health often deteriorates. And I've always said that vegans have it more right in terms of diet than anything else, but there are a few things to shift to make it perfect for you. Most women who choose vegan or vegetarian, they don't come into this 
early and postpartum thinking, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and change my diet. They usually enter postpartum having already been that for some time, or they tend to change into this diet in the months or early years postpartum when things are not going really well and they're experiencing major gut health issues and nutrient depletion. Again, the short-term behavioral and diet changes that come with switching a diet to more whole foods can feel really good in the beginning and even be more you know, sustained with the right combinations of foods and supplements. Sometimes though, I do witness a lot of people switching to products that resemble dairy or gluten products or car products, or even um, meat alternatives that are not really meat. And they contain fillers, high, high levels of soys and are void of many nutrients. So this is something to watch out for as well. You don't want to go purchasing something that resembles dairy or gluten or meat, because oftentimes those are just as terrible, if not even worse for your body. But to be on topic here, most women that I have worked with have been vegan or a vegetarian for some time before their postpartum period, or they recently have tried it in an effort to combat their current symptoms, which may have gotten worse or better depending on their food choices. However, many women are never taught about how to eat well in postpartum specific to healing their body. And we know that salads and smoothies are not okay during this time, that we want food that is warming, easy to digest, and supports a mother in deep tissue repair and breast milk production and hormone balancing and so much more. And there are many cultures around the world who practice vegan or vegetarianism. And all but one that I have found add animal back into the diet during postpartum. Even in Ayurvedic tradition, it's believed that animals help aid weak bodies back to health and wellness faster and more thoroughly than vegan or vegetarian can. So in postpartum, when it comes to healing, many cultures whose standard diet is vegan or vegetarian add meat and animal product back into their diet temporarily until they are well enough to remove it. That should be highly, highly noted here. And the reason for this is that animal products are some of the most nutrient-dense bioavailable foods on the planet. And here's what I mean by that. We have so much nutrients, obviously, that come from fruits and vegetables, which make up a massive part of a vegan and vegetarian diet. But the bioavailability of the foods are the nutrients and their ease in which they are digested and absorbed into the body are very, very different. So for example, many, many vegetables contain a set of enzymes because they are so difficult to break down in the body. And so they require additional support. They require additional enzymes. So often those enzymes are provided in the food. And, and a lot of times it has to go through several different processes of breaking down within the body, which leaves a lot of room for error, especially in postpartum, especially when digestion is not working to its fullest capacity. 
So when we say nutrient-dense bioavailable foods, we're talking about foods that are super easy to digest. The body doesn't have to work or exert any extra energy in doing so, and doesn't have to go through a strenuous amount of processes in order to break down those foods into an absorbable form. And that should be very much noted as well. So when meat is not an option, you have to rely on other whole foods, especially veggies, fruits, complex carbs, and absolutely hands down supplementation. What we know about the postpartum body in terms of the physiological changes that take place make this a little bit complicated. For example, one of those changes affect the release of enzymes and gastric acids, which are used to break down those foods into a usable, digestible form so that you can benefit from this food, so you can absorb the nutrients that your body needs. So if you are in the postpartum period, your, your body is not producing a lot of that. It's, it's focusing on other areas of health and well-being based on the nervous system shifts that are taking place, based on the whole body changes that are shifting because of postpartum. And so when you are adding in you know, vegetables and fruits, uh, many of those have to be fully cooked in order to absorb well within the body because you just simply don't have the enzymes and the gastric acids to make it happen. Now, why this happens in the body, we don't know. We have no evidence whatsoever that tells us why this happens in a postpartum body. So the best option is to allow it to occur as it naturally should and support it in the process so that it heals and you can move into a state of absorption. But that's not going to happen if you, you know, give it enzyme supplements, right? Which often tells the body to turn off our natural enzyme production and, and makes the process of weaning off of that supplement that much more difficult. So don't add enzyme supplements to make up the difference of your body naturally lacking enzymes and postpartum. It's just part of the process. We have to support it through the process as it is. Now I have given you an example of why veggies are really hard, but this also is applicable to supplementation in general, not just enzyme supplementation. But when you're taking a supplement for say vitamin B12, which is a really common supplement for vegans and vegetarians, that is also very difficult to break down. If your body is having a hard time breaking down, you know, a vegetable, you know, or a celery or a salad or whatever the case may be, think about how difficult it's going to break down a man-made pill of the same substance that's really condensed and broken down. It can be really difficult. And for many, many, many people, especially in postpartum, you're literally just flushing supplements and money down the toilet. It's not digesting. Quick note for you, my friend, my postpartum nutrition certification program is opening. And if you feel called to support women at this deep fundamental level and truly address the root of postpartum depression, anxiety, and postpartum autoimmune disease, then join this group of thought leaders and community builders in this upcoming cohort. You can learn more at www.mirandabauer.com slash certification. 
So let's talk about the most difficult nutrients to get from a vegan diet and a vegetarian diet. Okay. So I just mentioned vitamin B12, common plant-based alternatives to animal products for B12 is seaweed, fermented soy, which I do not recommend in postpartum because soy often mimics estrogen. And when you are in a state of hormonal fluctuation, you don't want to be adding any other products or supplements or food sources that could mimic hormones in general. You want your body to be able to be supported and not giving it other things that could throw it for a loop. Spironella is also great. Brewer's yeast is also amazing. However, in postpartum, Brewer's yeast or yeast products in general can be really hard to digest and also contribute to yeast overgrowth because let's face it, we are a leaky hot mess. We have milk coming out of our breast. We have blood coming out of our vulva and vagina. We have so much happening. It is, um, you know, a, a haven oftentimes for yeast infections, especially if we've had antibiotics in birth or we had a cesarean section or any sort of trauma whatsoever. So generally we want to avoid things like brewer's yeast or yeast in general and, and postpartum. Choline is another nutrient that is very difficult to get from a vegan or vegetarian diet. And this is a relatively new understood you know, vitamin B like compound. So much needs to be done for this particular vitamin as it's not even provided in most prenatals. We know it helps in preventing neural tube defects and supports brain development. Eggs and liver contain some of the highest amounts that you would need in a given day. And if you were to try and get that through a vegan or vegetarian diet, you would need to consume a lot. For example, you would need four cups of broccoli or Brussels sprouts to equal the amount of choline in one single egg yolk. Glycine is another one of these really difficult vitamin supplements, nutrients, essentially to get into your body. And Lily Nichols writes a lot on this particular amino acid because it's one that becomes essential to consume during pregnancy and the body doesn't make adequate amounts of it during gestating. This amino acid helps build baby skeletons and organs, plus helps in growth of the uterus and the placenta. It's also involved in the process of DNA and brain development. And the benefits for mom are also very vast. It's mostly found in animal foods only and in high concentrations of bone broth. And there is literally no non-animal alternatives. Let's talk about vitamin K2 really quickly. Vitamin K2 helps regulate blood sugar, blood clotting, menstrual cycle support, the breakdown of calcium in the body, strong bones, and so many more things. It's usually found in most animal products. Vitamin K was actually accidentally discovered in the 1920s after restricting diets in animals led to excessive bleeding. So common plant-based alternatives to animal products for vitamin K2 is fermented soybeans. Again, it's not the soybeans here. It's the bacteria growth from the fermentation process that creates the, the vitamin K2. But again, soy not recommended. Much of the human gut contains vitamin K2, but studies show that those numbers are less because of the imbalances 
of antibiotic use that is so prevalent in our culture today. And I will say vitamin K1 can be found through uh, leafy greens and veggies in general, but vitamin K2 is a lot different here and mostly again, found in animal products. DHA. So DHA, we, we hear a lot of this supports brain health and prevents against cancer, depression, ADHD, and even autoimmune disease. The amount of information on DHA is absolutely incredible. And omega-6 noted for their high inflammatory properties and omega-3s are present in plant food. Only about two to 10% of omega-3 can be converted into EPA and DHA. Vegetarians have a 30% lower level of EPA and DHA than their meat-eating friends, and vegans have a 50 to 60% lower levels. And this may also account for the need for zinc and iron and selenium for absorption, which vegans generally get less of. All of these work simultaneously together. They, they All of our vitamins and minerals and nutrients, they work together as a whole, They don't work together in these little compartmental spaces. When you lack one, you affect the others immensely. And that kind of creates a snowball effect. And that is why it's sometimes really difficult to pinpoint, oh, I need, you know, vitamin D or I need DHA or whatever the case may be. Because if you're deficient in one, it's likely you're deficient in multiple. So iron, let's talk about iron for a second. Iron deficiency in postpartum is one of the most common misdiagnoses for postpartum depression. Its role in sleep, blood health, supplying oxygen through the body, immune system support, and so much more are very, very notable. And much like, you know, I I did a a training here on magnesium, iron has multiple tests that need to be taken in order to determine the levels of deficiency. So although like serum levels for non-vegan and vegetarian remain the same as vegan and vegetarians, ferritin levels, which measure the long-term storage of iron in your body is often deficient. Because the bioavailability of iron in plant foods, the non-hemi iron, is lower and made even more difficult to digest when we consume things like coffee or tea or dairy or fiber and calcium supplementation. That makes it that much harder to digest iron from plant foods, okay? So some of the common plant food-based alternatives to these animal products for iron is blackstrap molasses, spinach, beans, lentils, Swiss chard. And also note that many of those plant-based alternatives contain high levels of vitamin C support to also support iron, right? Nature has an amazing way of providing many of the things that we need. However, However, about 40% of vegan women are found deficient of iron. So make sure that if you are someone who is deeply struggling with postpartum depression or feel like you are on the brink of, please have your iron levels checked. So let's talk about calcium really quickly. Calcium bioavailability from plant foods is very limited. So things like spinach and kale, they have high levels of calcium, but it's not absorbed well. Fish with edible bones like sardines are really good sources for those who eat fish. Obviously, if you're vegan, that would be a little bit more challenging. 
Vitamin A is not something that is usually provided in a usable form within the body in terms of vegan and vegetarian diets. Immune system function, hormone balance, mood disorders, thyroid health, fertility, eyesight, skin support, and so much more is something that vitamin A deeply supports. And plants contain a form of vitamin A called beta carotene, which is what is used to activate retinol, the bioavailable form of vitamin A, right? Beta carotene is not something your body can use. It has to be converted into something that can be used. So retinoids are found in animal products and carotenoids are found in plant foods, right? So retinoids are easily bioavailable. Your body doesn't have to go through any other process. Carotenoids have to go through a conversion process within your body. And if there is any alcohol use, digestive issues, including enzyme deficiencies, as in postpartum or certain medications, the body's ability to convert beta carotene to retinol is lessened significantly. For infants and diabetics, the conversion is nearly impossible. And there's plenty of studies that support that. The other component that is really difficult to get in a vegan or vegetarian diet is protein. Protein is the building block of your entire body, including your muscles, bone health, brain function, blood pressure, body weight regulation, so much more. And it's a myth that animal protein has higher acidic levels in the body, thus requiring calcium to be leached from the bones and support a neutral body pH. I hear that all the time. And if you are consuming a significant amount of meat or an unhealthy level of meat, then of course, you're going to have higher acidic levels. Everything needs to happen in balance. So before moving on here with me, I think there's a few things that I want to share with you and just kind of recap. We know that if a body is having issues digesting certain foods and postpartum, Due to the physiological shifts that are happening, the consuming of supplements and general generally is just not helpful, right? And a lot of times those raw vegetables are also not helpful because of the multitude of processes it has to go through in order to be broken down into a usable, digestible, absorbable form within the body. So the likelihood of one actually absorbing the nutrients from the product itself is very, very small when it comes to these raw veggies and for supplementation. Whole foods are what helps with digestion of key nutrients. When you eat animal protein, for example, you're not only getting protein and nutrients, you're also getting hemi-iron, creatine, carnitine, and so many other components that all help it all absorb better together and support your body. And many of those compounds are just now being studied and are, are not a part of supplements, right? When you get a protein supplement, it's just a protein. When you get a B12 vitamin, it's just a B12 vitamin. There's no other components to that, that you would normally find in a whole food. Not to mention that supplements are not generally created equal in terms of quality. So as you can see, many of the foods recommended here that are plant-based and vegan and vegetarian friendly are not something that I generally recommend in postpartum because of the challenges of digesting and not getting the actual nutrients from that food that your body truly needs. So my postpartum recommendations make vegan and vegetarianism harder because 
of the dairy and gluten limitations as well, as well as the soy limitations and the need for really dense, nutrient-dense cooked meals. With that said, however, healing can be possible without animal products, but it requires more time, more attention, and more trial and error in finding the right foods and supplementations for your body. Vegan and vegetarianism is not sustainable without supplements. So here's a few recommendations for those of you who are postpartum and vegan or vegetarian. And maybe you're a professional who's supporting a client and they're postpartum with this, but this will be helpful for you. Healing again can be possible without animal products, but it requires that more attention and more trial and error. Again, it's not sustainable without supplements, but it can be made with small adjustments. So oftentimes those small adjustments make a massive difference, adding herbal tea, accepting bone broth. I have many clients who are vegan, but feel okay introducing eggs and bone broth into their diet. Eggs, bone broth, and herbal tea can make a massive difference in how one feels and and support their healing. For supplement recommendations, I always choose high quality brands that's generally not found in your grocery store and prefer liquid or powder over capsule for easier absorption and digestion. And of course, listen to your body. Often you will want to experiment with your supplements to find out what works for you. If you don't feel a difference, there is a chance that it's probably not doing anything for you. And get your nutrient levels tested at least every six months. That is a hands-down must for anyone who is on this diet. Again, consuming bone broth, eggs, and seafood without any other animal products, as well as that herbal tea, can really, really significantly increase your nutrients. Really a great place to start while you're recovering in postpartum, especially if you're not used to adding any sort of animal product into your diet. And maybe you've been vegan or vegetarian for for quite some time. So what I recommend in terms of supplementation is a general prenatal vitamin, vitamin B12, choline, DHA, and EHA, calcium, iron, vitamin A, and vitamin D. Those are absolute musts. And if you are someone who is wanting to incorporate animal product into their diet after a long period of not consuming it, I will encourage you to start this process very, very slowly. The enzyme protease, which is what helps break down animal protein, um, is not really present. Like the, the levels get turned off because you have told your body that you're not consuming a lot of that. And so it says, oh, well, I just won't produce that because you're not consuming it, the product necessary for, for me to make that, right? So it takes time to build that enzyme back up again. And so you want to start that process slow to allow your body to kind of catch up and start producing that again. So I recommend shots of bone broth, a bit of eggs, a small serving of fish or chicken. Those are first before you even think about moving into red meats. And you start again, really, really slow, introduce one a day for a couple of days and slowly increase 
listening to your body and seeing how it feels through the process. If you feel good, slowly increase from there. So with that, my friends, especially those of you who are vegan and vegetarian, maybe those who are considering, I really, really hope that this is helpful for you. It's a lot of information to digest, get it? But I think this overall conversation is something that needs to be had, especially in vegan communities, vegetarian communities, and postpartum communities in general, because we all need to know how to support one another in these different diets, but also recognize the challenges that might come with that and what we can do and really have the tools necessary on hand to make sure that you are well-nourished and well-taken care of no matter what it is that you and your body needs. So enjoy this information and feel free to connect in with us in the postpartum circle Facebook group. Let us know what you thought here. Leave us a review. We would love that as well too. Thanks for tuning in and taking the time to learn about how to support your body in deep healing. We don't do this work just for us or for you. Your healing impacts your children, your relationships, and your community. We do this work because the health and vibrancy of our world begins with its mothers. I hope you have taken some valuable information today and applied it to your own life. If you aren't sure where to begin, reach out about working together one-on-one or at minimum learning about my postpartum nutrition plan, which is where I start every single one of my clients. And you can do that by going to mirandabauer.com. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Let us know by leaving a review and we will see you next time.